Well, hello, this is Gary, and you're listening to Thinking Out Loud. Today's podcast recorded on a Monday morning. Have a gray, drizzly day in spring here in the Northwest. Good spring day, though. Need these good drizzly days sometimes. This is one that has me pondering things. As I am still in a bit of a pause before my next very hopeful new gig works out. Pondering the uh, the state of affairs, but kind of the way things are structured, the way life flows in this interesting little society of ours. And after months in the grind, I'm suddenly in a bit of a pause, a short pause, before possibly entering another grind phase, but hopefully one that's more upward trajectory. The last grind phase uh, did not yield... Uh, what was hoping. Sometimes the only way to get through is to grind through, but then sometimes uh, the little while of grinding, you, you kind of assess the situation and realize you're not really moving forward, but I'm kind of moving downward too. I'm getting just kind of deeper into debt. Grinding away, just busting it, but it's not really getting me anywhere. Reassess. Pulled the cord and uh, jumped into the chaos, which it is indeed chaotic at the moment, but uh, I'm hopeful and optimistic things will right themselves. Get a gig I'm more suited towards, one that has pays an hourly wage that's respectable but one that also offers additional compensation on top of a basic hourly wage. Uh, the service industry, where tipping is encouraged. I like working in service, where tipping is encouraged. It's nice. It's nice uh, getting like kind of instant feedback and stuff too. It's kind of cool. So. Hoping to get a job as a sous chef here soon. Starting tomorrow, I jump right into it. And uh, if I do well, then start working full time. So then I'm going to also try to get a second gig kind of in the mornings here and there to kind of get caught back up on debts that have accrued because I was grinding away so hard, just working hard and focus so hard, much on just working hard and getting through the days that I didn't really have time to step back and assess whether the whole damn thing was even worth it to be grinding and working so hard. What was going to be the reward for working so hard? Well, you can keep on working. That, that's not really that's not really an incentive. So that's when you have to reassess. But uh, there's been points in my life where that's just what it's been, you know. You just, just work just, just to stay afloat. And the only way you can stay afloat is to keep on working. You're making just enough to just kind of keep on working 
and you're making so little there's not really any other options there's not really anything else to jump off to and sometimes you just jump anyway because uh, something will open up I know how to do a lot of stuff I'm a capable person graduated college reasonable IQ pretty uh, fit as well so yep can I like the idea of just kind of jumping right into the fire it's kind of exciting actually so looking forward to it tomorrow kind of on almost almost hope that it kind of starts at a nice steady pace and then just kind of maybe ramps up jump right into it it'll be, uh, be kind of exciting so looking forward to it so cautiously optimistic that is uh, but I think it's also it's it's the amount of stress and anxiety regarding this particular debt and that specific number it's more than what Donald Trump paid in taxes in 2017 it's actually just under what I myself paid in taxes just under what I paid in taxes in uh, 2021 and actually a number that was still a bit low IRS wants me to pay a smidge more I'm 160 bucks short from what I paid in taxes in 2021. Donald Trump paid 750 bucks in 2017 in taxes, federal taxes. 750 bucks. Amazing. Amazing the fucking shit that wealthy people can get away with. The like write-offs and supposed loss in value bullshit that they can claim to like avoid while still maintaining an extremely affluent lifestyle they can they can legitimately claim that they only owe 750 bucks it's insane but there's the loopholes are created specifically for them loopholes are not imperfections in the tax code they're specific provisions created to benefit wealthy people so that they can always maintain their position no matter how many times they fuck up. I mean, I fucked up. And it's uh, causing other people real deal hardship and stress. And it's over $2,900. It's like people that make that in a fucking day. Doing nothing. But it's a substantial amount for a person like me and the people around me. It's a big chunk of change, you know. That's the wealth gap. You know, the, 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 the amount of squeeze that corporate world and wealthy can put on people so easily. Because you know, the amounts that they can play with are so massive that they can kind of, over a, a fairly paltry sum to them, they can cause quite a hardship to many, 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 many people. You know, I need you to come up with $2,900 now. Like, oh, fuck. Uh, uh oh, um, you know, now what? You know, it's like selling up possessions and stuff. But if you have a net worth in the millions, what level of stress is $2,900? Nothing. It's absolutely nothing. But, like, almost literally, it's 0% of your estate. Multi millions. But that's the wealth gap. You know, it's the allow, it's the level of 
control and power that the wealthy have over their society. How much can kind of dictate the cost of things, the price of things, the flow of life, how much we earn, how much our, what our true value is as people. And what our value is is how much money we're worth and how much money we make. So my value in the society is pretty low. Uh, the most I ever made was about 46, 45,000, 47 this past year in gross earnings. So nothing too spectacular. The society's deemed that Donald Trump is far more valuable a human than most people in this society. There's been years where he's earned tens of millions of dollars in a year. Has a net worth supposedly in the hundreds of millions, possibly even billions. He's exponentially more valuable to our society than the average person. Exponentially valued, more valuable. Thousands of times more valuable. I.e. more important. I would assume, yes. You know, if you're worth that much more. But I'm not really sure what is important to our society. It's to sort of demonstrate the level of greed that can exist among people with extreme affluence that they're born into and how much that they can get away with you know because he kind of he, he laid it all out there you know he kind of leaned into what he was you know that that is his persona that is his out in the public fully leaning into what he is guy, you know, he, he was born into affluence, can, can kind of do whatever he wants, he's been sued a bunch, has bend and broken the rules a bunch, and just kind of gotten away with it, that's kind of what he's famous for, there's a different set of rules for the wealthy, and he kind of, he kind of leans into that, that's kind of a big part of his whole persona, um, and for whatever reason, a lot of regular people really dig it, even though nothing that he's offering them is going to benefit them in any way, they think it will. It's like they can relate to that because it's like that that's what they would be like if they were wealthy. They would be a, an asshole. You know, they, they would buy big fancy things and fuck off with the money and, and you know, and, and just do stupid shit with it. Buy fancy planes and wear fancy suits and be on TV. They wouldn't do anything productive or communal with it. They certainly wouldn't invest in their community or anything. They'll just use it to like live fancy and um, buy fancy things and to show off how much money they have. That's what they would do. And so they can kind of relate to that. You know, it, it, he's relatable in that way. It, it, for many people, he is what being wealthy means. You can just fuck off and do whatever the fuck you want and no one really can do anything about it. Yeah, you can even get to the point where you're associating with criminal organizations and doing business with criminal organizations, and it's just kind of fine, and you can just kind of get away with it. And you can kind of do it fully out in the open. And again, there's nothing anyone can do about anything about it. What your true net worth is, it doesn't, it, it's gargantuan either way, it doesn't really matter. 100 million, 200 million, 300 million, a billion, 5 billion, 10 billion, who cares? You know, massive. You know, he's, he's wealthy. He can do whatever he wants. Does he do anything good with it? Does he engage in philanthropic endeavors? Does he invest in his community? No, 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 and no. Is he a solid, honest, ethical man of integrity and moral clarity? 
No. He just has a lot of money. And so, because he has a lot of money, he can do whatever he wants. And there. Yep. That's been his role, if you will, in this big crazy play of life during uh, the later half of the 21st century and into the yeah it's um yeah Trump kind of uh what would you do if you had virtually infinite wealth Say you had an allowance that paid you $400,000 a month forever. How would you live? What would you do? Would you be a Trump? Or would you go in a different way? I'd like to think I'd go in a different way. Like, there's never been anything appealing to me about his, the way he lives. Like, I live in a very fancy house right now. It's a, it is like literally a million dollar home because it's on the beach. Has like three, four bedrooms. Nice communal space. It's like the, I would say it's certainly on the it's a, the nicest place I've ever lived. Certainly on the higher end, and it may just be a bit beyond what I mean. You know, I should be living in or something. I don't, I don't know. It's very nice, and very fancy, but I would never see any need for anything fancier. It just seems silly. I've stayed in some very fancy places though, but it's just. I don't know. I, I never. He lives fancy. That's that's it. You know that he he's an elite. He gets to do whatever he wants. So he he, he only flies private jets. A lot of them have his name on them. Or a helicopter that has his name on it. He lives in fancy condominiums. He owns owns or has his name on a building, all over the place. So and all of them are very fancy, and cost a lot of money to stay there. Yeah. So. Yeah, you you can you can do that if if you have an allowance of say four hundred thousand a month. Just is is that what Trump is? Basically, yeah. Uh, one of the times his companies was going through bankruptcy, the creditors that took over the company had a few conditions. One of them was that Donald Trump could no longer have any involvement with the running of the company if he wanted to, but he could retain some level of ownership. Uh, and in order for him to uh, agree to that or whatever, they paid him 400000 a month. Kind of an allowance for being a fuck-up. 400000 a month. Per month. And that's salary. So that's just taxable wages. So um, it's not like... It's not, uh, it, it's not, it doesn't offset uh, losses or anything. So, like, if he loses a million dollars, taxable wages don't really, that's just taxable wages. It's kind of different. And it might even be different if it's going through a bankruptcy proceeding or something. I'm not sure, but either way, he was usually able to claim an extremely low actual taxable income. In some cases, uh, avoid taxes altogether, even though he's, you know, quite, quite wealthy. But yeah, four hundred thousand a month. Um, I mean, good God, that's that's a lot of money, you know. Uh, most money I've ever made in a year is forty-seven thousand, but four hundred thousand in a month—it's like 
goodness gracious. Man, that's okay. So my mind always uh, tends to drift when it comes to community service investments in youth programs. So in my, this town I live here, the track is shitty. So uh, 400000 a month could certainly get some something rolling on getting the track refurbished and getting a proper track, investing in after-school programs a little bit more, just making sure there's plenty of options for youth. Um, right, because, again, even though that's just my own personal income for 400000 a month, I don't need $400,000 a month to live pretty comfortably. So, yeah, the 400000 a month would be more than enough to maintain a pretty modest lifestyle. And then there'd be pretty heavily investments in uh, various civic organizations that would be doing, I think, first folk foremost would be uh, after-school programs and youth programs, music, sports, art, various wide variety of activities that have paid staff that run various activities and stuff and programs for kids. Paid staff, you know, that's a, kind of a key thing. Um, and so it would be like one of those not-for-profit type things where there's like maybe fees that help cover some costs, but fees that can be easily avoided through various scholarship type thing or something, you know, so, um, yeah, $400,000 a month is, uh, is a good chunk of change, and that's, uh, kind of on the low end for what, you know, a lot of people in the top few tenths of a percent earn, do they all do that kind of stuff? No. Because, I mean, almost, I mean, if you're at the higher ends of uh, income, you should probably almost be doing a reverse, a reverse tithe, you know, where you, you're living off 10% of your net earnings, you know, your net income after taxes and stuff, which would be only, quote unquote, maybe a few million a year, you know, if you're earning 50 million a year, that, that means you live off of 5 million. And then the other $45 million you invest in various philanthropic endeavors. A reverse tithe. Like, more highly affluent people, I think, need to, like, lead the charge in that or something, you know? Because, like, you can live very comfortably, very comfortably, a, a show-off level of comfort, you know, whatever that means to you, and still be exponentially more philanthropic which will make you feel better too and the people around you feel better too there's a lot of it has to there has to be more of that there has to be we can't like corporations changing the way they act and stuff isn't just going to just happen it's we people doing things you know and the people that own those corporations changing their behavior and such so yeah Just uh, still hopeful. This weird country, even though there's, I haven't really found a good role for myself quite yet. Sometimes I feel like I'm flowing along, and then it's like, oh, start stumbling, and then feel like I'm, you know, kind of. Uh, navigating the bumps decently enough and then just kind of realize that no I don't, I've been I've been just like tumbling down the hill for a while here actually I thought I was just kind of doing some good 
technical trail running or something, but no, I was just falling down the side of the mountain. So, sometimes, yeah, sometimes you're doing some trail running, you, know, you might slip on a rock and the uh, knee will slam on a rock and get all gashed up. I've had that happen a couple times. It's just part of trail running sometimes, you know. You're going to slip and fall sometimes and gash your leg up. Kind of looks cool in a picture, though. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you just ice it when you get home and take some ibuprofen. It's the only, one of the only times we'll take ibuprofen is if I'm actually gashed up or something. I was demolishing a porch the other day a few weeks ago and got poked in the nail with a nail in the, my boot. So I picked my foot up and then doing that caused me to slip. My hand slammed down and punctured. Uh, Nail puncture right through my hand. That's uh, yeah. You have you have enough of those kind of experiences doing a job that kind of like this sucks, this sucks, this sucks. Oh no, this really sucks. And then you get a paycheck later. It's like okay, all right, I'm done. I'm done. And at one point we had a big old this bubble of uh on top of my hand where the puncture had gone through but it settled down with some ice and whatnot. you know can't make it in this world through this world without some scars I guess we have a few so that's one that so I think it yeah it'll it'll leave a permanent mark because it went all the way freaking through thankfully I'm up to date on my tetanus shot I think it seemed to heal quick enough and didn't get infected. It was already a couple months ago or whatever now. A month ago? I don't know. Time is weird to me when I'm working in the grind. When did I get uh, punctured in the hand by a fucking nail demolishing an old porch? Two weeks ago? Three weeks ago? A month? I don't know. More than a week. I think. Yeah. Pretty sure. Yeah, it was more than a week. Can't remember though. Two couple weekends ago. That's thing about the grind, and that's why sometimes it'll, it'll kind of hit me all of a sudden, like, bah. Gotta mix it up. You gotta jolt here. Gotta, you know, steer this in a different direction that's more upward, because uh, I'm just plowing myself into the ground here. But there's little traps within the throughout the American economy that are full of those kind of things. The perception of upward mobility. You know, if you keep doing this, it'll lead to something. What? How? When? How specifically? <laughs> uh, a lot of times it's not really made clear. It's just sort of like implied somehow, some way it will. But it's... And a lot of times it's, it is a mirage. It's not really there, but we're holding on to it. But one of the reasons that we're holding on to it is that it is real for some, for many, you know, there is like a, if you keep going that way, it'll, it's going to lead to something that's, you know, better. It's, it's an upward path. It's kind of, you know, but, um. 
you know, a lot of the roles in this economy just aren't that way. It's kind of a, really just kind of an expense, you know, expense that can be traded off or allocated in a different way or we're just sort of discarded altogether and cut if, uh, if the corporate entity deems it in the best interest of profits to do so. For me, one thing, if I ever do uh, create a business of some kind, and I do have some, it's been a few different ideas that have percolated, and it's really just having enough funding, really, to properly get it going, and then kind of understanding and working out certain kinks along the way. And But, you know, location, good staff. Staffing is... Because I think all the different business ideas I have definitely focus on service, providing a good service experience. One is expanding more on those those kind of theaters that uh, you know serve good food and good wine and stuff, and you can like eat good food while watching the movie. And there's like a restaurant in in the theater or nearby, and it's much more of a just an experience, you know. Even if the movies are older. Definitely want to find a way to be involved in more unique, cool businesses in small towns, especially small towns that have some character and are, it's maybe starting to drift towards, I don't know, corporate influence or some shit. I think one of the easiest ways is like just how you structure like paying staff. I like the idea of a not-for-profit company is one thing. One thing is if you're the corporate ent- the entity you're creating that's going to produce some kind of thing that you're passionate about. Like, I love movies, so I've always loved going to the movies. I love when going to the movies is fun. I love it when it's affordable. So, and when it's like an experience, you know, good popcorn and good food and stuff. And, and maybe some healthy options, too, and whatnot, you know. There's a certain fun communal feel to it, you know. Of course, there's been some fucking weird things that have happened in our society over the last few that, fuck, yeah, it's just, um, yeah, it's a weird time to be in sports. So that's why a lot of entities go, people go with investing in the corporate to get a new location going because it's, you know, it's, uh, it's more rubber stamped and stuff and there's less risk. But, um, The pay of employees, a good, decent hourly wage, and then plus various incentives tied to sales and revenue and stuff, you know, job performance that are pretty steady and kind of predictable and ones you can kind of almost like predict what they'll be, you know, pretty easy to base up certain kind of basic obvious metrics and stuff. And yeah, a sort of benefiting from the success of the company should be why is that not more standard like the employees doing all the work that are making this thing what it is why isn't it just why is it so much that like well you should just be satisfied with your hourly wage we're paying you I mean that's the minimum expense that's the expense to make the company go and run do customers come back to said company do they 
Do they refer other people? How much does that have to do with the service, the people, the cups, the custom, you know, the, the employees of the business? There's a great deal. One of the reasons I don't like going to Walmart is a lot of the people in the place clearly hate their job, and I would too if I had to work at fucking Walmart. It's a shitty place to work. It looks horrible. Like, ugh, man, I uh, thankful that I live in a town that doesn't have one. It's, uh, it, there's something just kind of, like, calming about it or something. That it's not here and, and not close. You gotta, you gotta go on, like, a two-hour trip if you want to get to the closest one. I like that. You know, you really gotta go out of your way. And some people do. They'll go on the two-hour trip to get to the Walmart. And they're so excited to get there. And they'll load up their shopping cart full of plastic bags, full of groceries that they'll bring back, and then they'll throw the shop plastic bags in the garbage while they're living on an island. And people are funny, you know. I prefer the uh, the Winco route. It's a little bit further drive, so it's even further away, but it's an employee-owned uh, store. There's, they're not all over the country, I don't think, but price is way better and it's just purely a grocery store that's the size of a Walmart so it's uh yeah I, I just dig in there 24 hours so that's where I tend to go for uh grocery shopping when I do get onto the mainland as we call it as folks living on the island when we go off island I haven't been off island and uh well I went like three three weeks ago, like on a Friday, two and a half weeks ago, just to, well, just, just to be a part of the, the main world for a bit, <laughs> to plug back in for a bit, and just see the hurried pace, and just to be with it, just for a bit, it's, and it's very hurried, uh, you know, just to be on a two-lane highway, and someone would be tailgating me while there's this wide open lane to the left of us. You know, and I'll, so I'll just kind of ease off the gas and not break or anything, but because there's a car in front of me too, you know. So if you start tailgating, I have to kind of compensate for that for you. And so I have to just increase my following distance and thereby go even slower. Of course, I already was going up slightly above the speed limit, but yet you were tailgating me anyway. So just go ahead and pass on the left. <laughs> it helps to live in this island for a while. It uh, helps when I do jump back into the fray of the real world, quote-unquote, or whatever, you know, that uh, it's, a, it's a bit jarring and stuff, so I kind of have to prepare a little bit, but, you know, it's that's how most people are living. Pretty fast-paced, chaotic, tense, anxious most of the time, you know? Every once in a while I get into that state and sometimes it's almost like I need to put myself into it realizing that most of the people that's how they're living maybe don't even realize it. You know, you don't even realize how hurried you are until you chill the fuck out for a while, a long while, and then jump back it back into the fray. Athletes experience this, you know. If you... I played rugby for a while. At 42 years old I'm reasonably in shape and, and all that kind of thing, but 
I'm definitely not rugby shape, and I wouldn't realize how uh, out of shape I am to play rugby until I actually, like, jumped onto a pitch and tried to play in a match. It would be probably pretty bad, you know. Uh, confidence would be... <laughs> would go down pretty quick. You know, I'd like to think I'd do all right, but until you actually are out there, you don't really know. You know, and it's one that requires a certain level of fitness if you're going to be out on there. And uh, that's not where I'm at currently. But I think, uh, you know, the, 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 the standard pace of the modern society is fast, hectic, drive through everything. Now, 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 instant gratification. Go, 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 expand, expand, grow, 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 until when? Go, grow, 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 just expand, expand, go, 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 drive through, drive through, until when? Just, just go, just go, just go. It's fascinating. It's fascinating to almost watch it from afar and then to jump into it for a bit. And then to jump out of it, and while I take a breath, realize that, yep, it's still going on. I'm not in it, but I'm still part of it, you know. I, I still live in the United States of America, still a dominant country on planet Earth and all that, you know. And that hurried pace that's on the mainland, that's, it's, it's. It, not that hurried compared to other places in the U.S., and it's probably not that hurried compared to other places in the world. And it's probably just kind of standard many parts of the world. Just that pace. That kind of relentless pursuit of... Hmm. I don't know. The next thing. Get through the day. Fill it with stuff. Activities. Commitments. How many of those commitments are one we want to do that are actually fulfilling in many ways? It's like you just—it's like you got to like grind through just to get through the things, get to the things that you really want to do, people you want to be around, and all that. And, and there's shows about it too, like a new one with uh, I haven't seen it yet because I think it's on like Apple TV or some shit, and I'm not gonna download another streaming app just to get the one show so many good shows though they all sound wonderful I probably won't check and see a single one of them but they all sound great glad that uh, good content is still being made out there it's good to know some of them are just like like the Ben Stiller directed uh, someone that has Adam Scott and uh, Patricia Arquette Forget about that. But it's like that one. I mean, I worked three and a half years in a call center. I had three and a half years worth of memory. That place. No, I kind of remember what it feels. The the front desk lady. There was two big doors to the left. I'd walk in, and there'd just be the big sea of cubicles. 
a light kind of chattering of keyboard clicking, stuff murmur of various conversations, with people with their headphones on, and uh, so a few bright lights. There was a. Uh, It was like a half, I think sometimes I would have like a longer lunch, so I'd go walk a few blocks and get a sandwich, walk back, did that many times. Sometimes I'd go all the way to Round Table Pizza, they had an all-you-can-eat buffet thing, that was cool. <laughs> yeah, that's about it, three and a half years I was there. Favorite part about that job was that if it was slow at the call center, that this group called the uh, workforce, kind of managing call flow and stuff, and if it was slow, they'd offer VTO, voluntary time off, and you can take it either paid or unpaid. And a lot of times, if uh, you know, if I had enough vacation time, I'd take paid. But if I didn't, I'd just take it unpaid. Man, that was, those were such glorious days, like a Tuesday or a Wednesday, kind of middle of the week, trying to grind through, and then all of a sudden, hey, do you, do you just want to take the day off? Yes, I do. Yes, 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 yes. That sounds perfect. What am I going to do today? And usually it would be anything that involved not being in a call center or talking on the phone. So about as far removed from that. So one time I ran around. Uh, Hague Lake in Oregon. One time I ran to drove up to Blue Mountain north of Vancouver, Washington, and ran the trails up there. Sometimes I'd go gambling at a local casino, a native casino. Just spend the day kind of free flowing and uh, try to get a good run on a random trail somewhere, someone, and just uh, just get kind of get out into the wild, really, you know. Um, something different. Those are those are the main days I remember, uh, or the days where I was offered VTO, and I took it, and uh, had an adventurous day. Those are the only days I really remember. And I remember, you know, a lot of the people I worked with, I had decent bosses and stuff that were nice enough, and a few of the people I worked alongside. There was hundreds of people in the call center. I remember at least... I don't know, 20 of them. There were some cool people. Names have kind of eluded me since then. It's been a while. But nearly 10 years since I worked at that place. But the dreary. I'm certainly there. I'm sure there's a better way for people to have. a way to watch the shows they want to watch on TV without it being, you know, one of even 10 choices, you know, like of three primary options or something. You either get satellite or cable. And if you want cable, it's, well, it's one company. If you want satellite, it's two companies, maybe three. That's it. And there might be one or two other kinds of products that, just um, 
they need to be broken up, you know, that it needs to be far more reason, there needs to be like, I don't know, some of these big massive entities are just too big, they just have too much vast control, so the way they're structured is just not very humane, and so a lot of people are, have to live their lives in a real weird, stupid way to sort of fit with the corporate structure. Well, this is how we do it. And it's sort of... It, it's like this pyramid structure that where it, it digs into the ground. It's like these rebar that kind of digs into the ground and you're like, you're part of that pyramid on the bottom, but you're like trapped underground or something. And uh, the, kind of, the corporate kind of digs in around you. It certainly does that in foreign locations too, where it just sort of, this is how you're going to earn a living now, you know, people in this area, this is, this is it, and that's it, that, that's how you make a living, certain parts of the country, you work at a certain corporate, certain parts of the world, if you want to have money, you go work at a corporate factory, and that's it, that is your option if you want money it's not as extreme here but it could be if we let it you know um hopefully we don't hopefully we rein them in even more and hopefully we have more of a say in how corporations act in other parts of the world and how they treat human beings you know those are still human beings even if they're on a different part of the world you know um Profits aren't everything. They're nice. They, they can be nice, but you can go too far when people are too focused on them. I think uh, we tend to some things today to try to start moving more upward. Very hopeful about a uh, Job opportunity tomorrow to prove myself and uh, hoping to get a second gig as well that will uh, align nice and be a nice contrast and get some good funds coming in. And who knows, maybe someday there'll be some value in my writing and stuff too. Smashwords.com if you ever want to check out any of the poetry that's been published over the years by me, Gary Hawks. So stay safe out there. Make sure you register to vote. And again, when you vote, vote for people that are pro-hospitals and schools. Those are good things to have. It's good things to have hospitals and schools. Those are good things. Vote for candidates that are pro-hospitals and schools. Okay? Uh, best part, it's not socialism. So... That's that. That's a good thing too. You can have hospitals and schools and not be socialist. You could have a hospital and a school in your town, many of them even possibly, and still have lots of people making lots of money, and other people making mid-level money and like a like a, you know, a bell curve distribution of income, and still have hospitals and schools that are you know a right. Yep. Yeah, it it doesn't mean socialism. So, um, yeah.
we can do it. There is, there is, it, it can be done. Uh, it's, it's kind of reigning in greed a little bit. People that have the most like having the most and like having the most by a lot. And so they give money to super PACs that give monies to candidates who then become politicians and then, you know, give speeches and rhetoric that, and write laws that benefit people that gave them money. And say certain things to convince people of certain things. And so sometimes it just gets quite silly how preposterous certain politicians' stances are on fully out in the open, in public, on certain issues. You know that it's their official stance. You know, and and, and people vote for it. It's like, wow. Okay. So, yeah, this is sort of like embracing and then rejecting of America, like at the same time, among a lot of the people that vote for, like Kevin McCarthy, Lindsey Graham, Marco Rubio, Ted Cruz, Jim Jordan, Mitch McConnell, because You're pro-America, so that whatever that means to you, you know, it's the maybe it's the borders, it's the people, it's the free speech, and so there's certain like principles that are held deal dear. But then it's there's also a certain dismissive of it at the same time, like a there's no there's no need to have a healthy educated people. Or that if you do that, that's socialism. And, you know, I, it's hard for me to under even understand the appeal of Mitch McConnell. I, I, I don't I don't get it. Never will, never have. I mean, never have, never will. Like, because uh, when people vote, they're voting for a candidate. You're not voting against a candidate. I think, but. I think a lot of people think of it that way. And a lot of candidates present it that way. Mitch McConnell presents the argument that way. You're voting against the Marine fighter pilot. You know, when you voted for Don, for uh, Mitch McConnell back in Kentucky, back in the Senate election of uh, whatever, 2020, they were, a lot of them that voted for Mitch McConnell thought that they were voting against the Marine fighter pilot who was running as a Democrat. No, they were voting for Mitch McConnell if they voted for Mitch McConnell. It's it's the person that you click on. Now, there might be a bunch of names listed, and it, it may be your personal justification might very well be that you just don't like the other person. Maybe you don't really like the person you're voting for all that much, but whatever the reason is, you're, you're voting for them. So... You know, what, what do they stand for? What are they going to do with their power? How does that power affect you? The, the things that they're going to do, the laws they're going to pass. So say, person you voted for, Donald Trump, Mitch McConnell, Kevin McCarthy, they sign a tax law in 2017 that cuts taxes for wealthy people and corporations. Okay, you filled out a W-2 and you filed your taxes recently. Your taxable income was... 
$64,586. Okay. So that, that tax bill that the Republicans signed into law in 2017, how did it benefit you if you're making, say, sixty-four grand a year? How specifically? Now, there's probably some kind of auto response that you have that's like regurgitating something that you saw in propaganda. And that's where it gets tough. Because um, you know, propaganda is propaganda. It's kind of it's manipulating you. It's kind of taking little bits of factual information and kind of twisting it and then like leaving out other key bits of informa information and then throwing in other information that's not really relevant but trying to make it relevant and then kind of, you know, convincing you all while presenting it in the form of news. You know, so it has the, all the look and legitimacy of news presentation-wise, but it, they're manipulating you. They're, they're telling you information that's skewed in a very particular way to convince you to do a certain thing. They're trying to convince you to vote Republican if you vote Fox News. If you watch Fox News, the purpose of that channel is to convince its viewers to vote for Republican candidates. That, that's its objective. It's, it's not an unbiased news organization. It's very biased. It's trying to persuade you to vote Republican, and it's very good at it. If you watch Fox News enough, you're more likely to vote Republican if you can sit through it and eventually start, I guess, allowing it to go down. Uh, if you're able to drink the Kool-Aid and it's not too rough and you just keep drinking it, you'll eventually start believing the stuff on Fox News, I suppose. I guess. I guess that's how it goes. I don't know why Fox News is not more jarring to the people watching it, but, man, whenever it's on the background, it's like, good God, man, it's, you know, because I'll see the little clips of the, the pundits every once in a while, but when you actually see, like, their actual, their their live stream thing that's just on the channel live that happens to be airing wherever and where it's running for minutes on end it's like oh my goodness wow <laughs> how do people watch this it's it's um it's it's there's like a uh, just thinking about it puts me in a kind of a bad like tonal quality or something uh, i don't know quite how to that you know it it's such negative energy that Tucker Carlson just vomits through the screen that it, it's jarring on the senses almost, you know. Um, and same with uh, Hannity and Laura Ingram. It, it's, it's jarring. If you embrace a certain kind of way and then, and then you jump into what they're doing, it, yeah... It's, it's just, whoa, turn volume down now type thing. Um, it must be done, you know, and then change the channel. It's like, whoa, what is that? No, please, no. Um, but too many people have been 
somehow, some way, they've been able to allow their minds to turn into that frequency and to like absorb it in a way that's like, uh, well, not calming. It makes them agitated. But it's, and that's kind of the point. But they're able to sit through for long stretches and and absorb it. And it's not jarring on their senses. For many people, it is. Fox News is, it's jarring, you know, because it's, uh, it's so absurd. You know, the, the things that the people are saying on there, it, it's out there. And, and, it's, and it, it's the negative tilt to it. it. It's so negative sometimes that, that it's, uh, it leaps off the screen. Um, it just makes me want to turn it off, which I mostly do. You know, I, I don't seek that channel out for sure. But it's kind of knowing what the conservative movement is watching, you know, it kind of gives you an understanding of where the, they're coming from. Because that's, that's where they're getting their information is Fox News. So if you want tune into it every now and then, it's like, oh, shit. No wonder those people are so fired up and angry and pissed off and anxious and stressed out and threatening violence to others and stuff. Goodness gracious. Because they're watching that shit every day. You got to turn that shit off. Man. Whew. <laughs> turn that off and... I don't know, man. Like, uh... Go for a boat ride or a bike ride or get out into the woods. Go for a hike. Play some, play a sport that maybe you haven't played in a while. Play an instrument. Sing some songs. Dance. Um, do something different. Maybe something different you haven't done in a while. Maybe you tend to be a creature of habit. That's cool. That's fine. But maybe mix it up a little bit. Go out and meet some new people. Um, turn the Fox News off. Keep it off. Just keep keep the Fox News off. And Sinclair Broadcasting as well. Turn that off too. Don't be watching any local broadcasting network that is owned or affiliated with Sinclair Broadcasting. It's kind of another, another like, I don't know. I'm trying to think of some goofy metaphor, but I can't think of it on the fly. So don't worry about it. But it's another uh, form of that kind of thing. The Fox News kind of thing, Sinclair Broadcasting. So you got to be careful of that, because it'll have the same name as the local affiliate that you know and loved for decades, but it's now Sinclair Broadcasting. It's operating under that umbrella, so it's different, and it it's news with a motive. Going to be more likely to vote Republican. Going to be more likely to be angry and stressed out about certain types of groups. They have a more negative view of Black Lives Matter and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, Got to turn that kind of stuff off. Stop feeding yourself negative information. Start embracing more positive information. Allow positive information to seep into your brain. You know? It's out there. Yeah, there's, the world is a scary place, but it's not all scary. If you choose to you know, follow... Scary people, and you're gonna get scary results, you know. You choose to follow an unethical, immoral, chaos theory, bankrupt game show host by the name of Donald Trump, John Trump. Well, that's the kind of government you're gonna get, you know. One that's hemorrhaging money, corrupt, embarrassing on the world stage, is just kind of buffoonish and 
absurd and ridiculous and divisive and uh, doesn't seem to know our own way. But now it's season two, or I, or I guess the Trump show was canceled, I guess, and so now it's a new show called the, the Joe Biden presidency. But uh, the Trump show is trying to get renewed for a second season, even after it's going to be off the air for a few years, only airing on, uh, you know, certain streaming sites. It's going to try to get a, a second season. I, I hope not. hope it's more like uh, Orange is the New Black will be uh, the show that Trump appears in next. Probably more apt for the man than the Oval Office. You know, if I had to choose between the two, which show is he better suited for? Probably Orange is the New Black. That's probably the show he's better suited for than, say, like the West Wing remake. You know, I, he wouldn't look right in the West Wing. It, it would look stupid. It would really throw off the show. Yeah, he was in real life the president, but. It would just kind of damage the uh, integrity of the show to put Donald Trump in it. Because those people were like really smart and intelligent that were on that show, even though they were pretending. He wouldn't even know how to pretend to be smart. So he would really ruin that show by making an appearance on that if that was the comeback. So Orange is the New Black would be the one for Donald Trump if he's to get more into TV or to live something in his own life that's mimics writ to fiction. I don't know. Is he ever going to pay, cons- pay cons- consequences? I don't know. Maybe. Hopefully he doesn't get rewarded. That, that's the main thing. No more rewards for Trump for being an asshole and fucking people over his whole life. That would be dumb. So, somebody better in 2024... Republicans, I'm sure, have other people, and if they don't, there's also the Libertarian ticket. They're conservative as well, so we could start hearing about them. On the left, there's also the Green Party, so if we can hear about them as well, more than two organizations. So Look into those after you register to vote. Look into the other options as well and check them out. It's not just R&D, and the R's really suck right now, and they need to get their shit together. They shouldn't be rewarded for being a bunch of fuck-ups. They not seem to give a shit. They're not going to go away forever, but they need to, their power needs to weaken a bit. They have to be held some kind of accountability. So, hopefully, one can hope. Stay safe out there. God bless. This is Gary, Thinking Out Loud.